Welcome to the C3 Church Watson Podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. My name's Paul, if you haven't met me, and it's my privilege to share the Word of God with you today. I'm reading from James 1. Verses 2, 3 and 12 from the Passion Version. And it says, My fellow believers, when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties, see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. For you know that when your faith is tested, it stirs up power within you to endure things. If your faith remains strong, even while surrounded by life's difficulties, you will continue to experience the untold blessings of God. True happiness comes as you pass the test with faith and receive the victorious crown of life promised to everyone, to every lover of God. So we're doing a series called Fundamental, and there's a couple of great words in the middle of Fundamental. One of them is mental, because this month is Mental Health Month in the ACT, and we want to make sure that we are all mentally clear and focused and balanced and set. And the other word is amen, as you can see there, because everyone says amen to being mentally healthy. (laughs) And it's also fun. So, and fund. Wow. Tithing message. You know, uh, in our culture, we can get to the point, just because our technology and our IT is so advanced, we can sort of think that we have got everything together now, that, that there's, we are so advanced that my life should be perfect because I've got a phone that does so much and it's all perfect on the technology, so I should have a perfect life. And we can expect in the West to be, oh, I want to have a perfect marriage, I want to have a perfect house, I want to have a perfect car, perfect kids who are all perfectly involved in their perfect sports and their perfect music and they're going to a perfect school and they're all perfectly happy all the time and my body is perfectly healthy, I'm healthy and the the weather and the climate is going to be perfect every day and we can have this ideal about what life is supposed to be and yet we can expect a different thing in life. It's called mess, and mess is all around us. We've got mess in us. We've got mess in our lives. We've got mess in the world. But I'll tell you one thing today. We can trust God in the mess, in the middle of the mess. God loves mess. We're going to see that today. Charles Colson, a Christian who had been a politician, and then he fell in part, as part of uh, Nixon's, uh, you know, bad decisions. Anyway, he became a Christian and went to prison. And uh, Anyway, he wrote lots of books later as a converted person. And he said, life isn't like a book. Life isn't logical or sensible or orderly. Life is a mess most of the time. And theology must be lived out in the midst of that mess. And, uh, you know, I, I used to have a messy life but I've turned it around. I used to be depressed and miserable. Now I'm just miserable and depressed. The future is messy. Point number one. Your future is messy. Everyone can say amen to that. 
Look at Job's life. He didn't know what was going to happen. He didn't know what was happening. He hardly knew what did happen. He had the perfect, neat life. But look, in Job 42.5, it says this, I had only heard about you, talking to God, I'd only heard about you before, but now I have seen you with my own eyes. He couldn't write that until he'd had a mess. Because sometimes when everything is perfect, we're not seeing God. In fact, we barely need God. Because our life is already perfect. And God says, well, I think I'll just shake things up a little bit. Get some action happening. See if they might see how much they need me. When Job's life was neat, he thought he knew God, but he'd really only heard about him. And it's when our life gets messy that what we really believe deep, deep, deep down comes out. We find out what that was. The God that Job knew about when the house of his life was neat and tidy, now he knew intimately because of the mess his life became. Now I know you. Look at Abraham. When he was Abram, he didn't know where he was going. In Genesis 12, verses 1 to 3, the Lord said to Abram, Leave your native country, your relatives and your father's family and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you, make you famous, and you'll be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families of the earth will be blessed through you. And Abraham probably thought, well, okay, well, where are we going? And God said, I'm not going to tell you. But I need to know, what's the plan? I want everything to be predictable and perfectly planned out. And we can be like that. We want everything all neat, tied in a beautiful ribbon. I know exactly what's happening the next step of my life. And God said, well, that's not going to happen. I want your faith. I'm going to, I want your faith in the midst of the mess that is life. And Abraham didn't know where he was going. God said, I'll show you when it's time for me to show you. I'll show you the place that I have for you. But what I want you to do is to take the next step into that destiny. Even though it's a bit scary, even though it's a bit messy. The disciples didn't know what they were doing. They didn't know what their future was. They didn't know where they were going. All they knew was that some guy who had power and authority said to them, leave that and follow me. He said the same thing to the disciples that God said to Abraham. Stop what you're doing and come here. Just follow me. And God says the same thing to you and to me. He says, follow me. Oh, my God, what's going to happen? Am I going to do this? Am I going to do that? Oh, I think I'm going to go over here. Just follow me. Take the next step. Life is going to be messy, but I'm going to be with you. Because the mess is not so much the issue. It's who you're going through the mess with is the issue. Have you got someone that is holding your hand? Have you got a light shining on the next step? The disciples didn't know where they were going. Job didn't know where he was going. At one point, Jesus said to his disciples, do you guys still want to follow me or do you want to give up and walk away? And Peter said, Lord, to whom would we go? You have the words of eternal life. So in the midst of the mess of life, there's someone who gives words of eternal life to us. So whatever mess we are feeling in our life right now, whatever jumbled, fuzzy edges we have, 
Jesus has the words of eternal, eternal life for you right now. Don't worry about the mess. Worry about the words. We don't know what the future holds. None of us decides to make a plan that is messy. Okay, first of all, we're going to, on this trip to the coast, we're going to get in the car and then we'll drive to, and on the way to Braidwood, we'll get a flat tire. Okay, and then uh, halfway to Bungendore, we'll uh, slide around a little bit and almost hit a kangaroo. Okay, then we'll get down to the coast. It's going to start raining about there just as we're setting up the tent. Okay, you don't make plans like that. You plan for everything to be perfect. But we need to trust God even when the plans are not perfect. What does your future look like? It's messy. We've made so many plans and we thank God that he changed them all. We need to plan for some mess. We also need to plan room for God to change all our plans because he loves doing that. One morning, one afternoon after a a Sunday afternoon, Kip, uh, Melanie was out in the lounge room. This is back in 1970-80-something. And I woke up and I said, I just had a picture of us going to Sydney. We're going to go to Sydney. And we're going to go to the creative arts school, and we're going because I was the music director of the C3 Church in Canberra at the time. Melanie was a song leader, worked in the office. We're going to do creative arts and get really sharpen our skills in the whole music department. And so we packed up, sold the house, uh, you know, in Gilmore, sixty-nine thousand, some huge profit. I think we made one thousand dollars profit. Laughing. And uh, moved to Sydney, and then we got to Sydney, and someone prophesied over us, you're going to go to the Bible College, the leadership, not the creative arts. So there we are, plan dashed. That's what God does. He's he's an expert at uh, creating mess and then bringing you through the mess. We lived in Sydney. I was uh, keen at one point to just focus on my salesman career that I had developed as a, uh, while we were at Bible College and just be very good at that, make a lot of money and live in Sydney. And then God said, no, you're going back to Canberra and you're going to go back to education. Another point, I was very close to buying a business and I was going to become a full-time professional maker of screen doors, security doors and installing security doors. And... Full steam ahead, wanting to do that, and couldn't get anyone to loan me money, so that plan was squashed. How many, pla- how many people have had plans that haven't worked out? They've all been changed. That's it. Young person, middle-aged person, old person, your future looks messy. It's different to what you think and what you hope. What plans are you so set on now? Make sure that uh, you've got God, God, you've given God room to do whatever he wants to do. The Bible says many other plans in a person's heart, but the Lord directs our steps. Okay, so God is quite happy to take our plans and to turn them around. So the point is, hold on to those plans lightly, not tightly. Hold on to God tightly. So that's point number one. The future is messy. Don't be upset when your plans are changed. Instead, get closer to God and trust him in the mess. Turn to someone next to you and say, trust God in the mess.
Okay, second point. Not only are your, is your future messy, but you are messy. I'm messy. We are messy. God knows every hair on our head, the Bible says. He counts every hair on our head. He knows everything that's growing out of us. He knows all those fuzzy bits. He knows all the dreams that we have. And he knows all the things we'd like to achieve in life. And he knows the way we're going to stuff it up. He knows the way we're going to sabotage our own thoughts and our own dreams. We know people in this church and they keep saying to us, oh, I want to be married. I want to be married. And then on the other hand, they're sabotaging the very goal because of the things they don't do and the things they do do. Because of the decisions they make and the way they treat other people. You think, well, how serious are you about getting married? God knows that. He knows all those fuzzy inconsistencies of the multiple layers of all the motivations that we have. We're not even aware half the time of the things that are driving us from the inside of us. We're so messy. But God knows that. He knows the hairs. He knows the hairy bits. He knows the things that we're struggling with. He knows the issues of life that are making us so messy and fuzzy. We'd like to be perfectly disciplined and we'd like to be super fit. We'd like to have everything organized and and know that we've got this education and we've got our career mapped out. And he knows that we're also very messy and we're doing things that are not helping. And sometimes we've got a blind spot we don't even realize what we're doing. Our identity is all confused with our parents' personalities, our, our family of origin, and all the, all the issues that we had growing up as children. We take with, with us a whole lot of baggage into adult life, and we have this messy situation that we carry with us. We know the struggles and the fears, and the, he knows the struggles and the fears we had as teenagers, all the plans and the dreams. And the anxieties. It's a miracle we've made it this far. It's a miracle we're here. It's a miracle we haven't just thrown up and given up our hands in despair because of the messiness of our life. Look at Jacob. Jacob's whole identity was was wrapped up in the fact that he was born a couple of seconds after his brother. And he couldn't cope with it. Why wasn't it me if I just stuck my foot out? If I just reached out a bit further, instead of grabbing his heel, I could have got out first. And his whole identity was, I wish I was number one. I wish my father looked at me the way he looks at Esau. And his whole focus of life was, his identity was messed up. And yet God loved him. And God had a future for him. And when Jacob was the first uh, identity stealer, stole his brother's identity and said, when his father said, who are you? And he said, well, I'm your, the son you love. I'm Esau. God saw him do that and said, I'm going I'm to change you. I'm going to change you, pal. And years later, he had a wrestle with God through the night. The Bible says it wrestles with God. And, God said, oh, and, and, and Jacob said to God, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. And God said, same thing his father said. Who are you? Who are you? Have you learnt your lesson? Because God is not interested in blessing a pretend version of us. He's not interested in blessing a mask that we are wearing. He wants to bless 
your mess. Admit to him, this is who I am. I've got this problem. I've got this identity problem. I've got this health problem. I've got this issue. I've got this bad habit. I've got this bad attitude. I've got a tendency to get angry or impatient. I can't forgive that my parents or whatever the issue is. God says, come on, tell me who you are. I can bless that. But you keep pretending to be someone you're not, which we do very much now. We've got Instagram. We can, we can just put up that photo, go through 30 photos, choose the best-looking one, then we put on a filter, and then we make sure that we Photoshop that one and make sure there's no pimples, no wrinkles, and we whack it on Instagram. We get the likes, and we say, yes, people like me. And God says, well, it doesn't impress me. I'm only impressed with the messy you. I want you to bring your message to me. Admit it to me. And watch what I can do with you. When Jacob said to God, I'm, I'm Jacob. I'm just Jacob. I'm the scammer, the schemer, the liar, the stealer. I'm the one who did all that. That's who I am. And God said, great. I can use that. I'm going to change you now. And, I'm going to, and he spoke over his life. Your name is now going to be Israel and your children are going to be the children of Israel. And each of your 12 children will be the head of a tribe that is going to be the, the start of a whole new nation. What would he have done if Jacob had tried to pretend he was somebody else? Well, he wouldn't have done that. What will God do with your life and my life if we are honest with him and say, this is who I am? Can you do anything with it? Can you take this mess that I've made, all the mistakes and the errors and the decisions that I've stuffed up? God says, you bet I can. Just give it to me now. God is an expert with messes. When did the prodigal son get hugged by his father? Was it before or after he had a shower? It was before. He still smelt of pig poop. God says, come here, son. I love you for just for turning around and coming back in your pig poop and all. When did he get the robe and the ring on his, on his shoulders and his finger? Was it before or after he had a shower? It was before. God doesn't need us to be all perfect. Oh, I can't pray because I've done all these things wrong. I better just have a few hours of being a good person and then I can pray. No, God says, come here now. Oh, I want to give you a big hug. I don't care about the poop. You know, if, 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 you, if holy water was genuinely holy and a fly fell into it, the fly does not make the holy water disgusting. The holy water turns the fly holy. You and I are the fly. God doesn't say, oh, I can't touch you, you smell. Go and get yourself cleaned up before you can come to church. No, he says, come to church like that. I love that smell because I can do something with it. So number two. Number one, our futures are messy. Number two, our, we are messy. Doesn't bother God. And number three, our lives are messy. Just a normal day is messy. You know, the, the ba- when, you, when we had uh, our first child and you think, oh, this is going to be great, you know, just little images of, 
of Melanie sitting on the couch, breastfeeding Emma and some beautiful music and birds twittering at the window coming down to have a look at the child. Husband whistling in the kitchen making a cup of tea. Another one, darling. Emma didn't want to drink anything because life is messy. I don't think, I don't think, I think most of our children required trips to the, what's that place at, yeah, the facility where the mothers are shown how to do the feeding and, uh, and then they don't sleep. And then just when you get in the car and you start driving off, the baby is sick all over the back seat because life is messy. We have broken relationships. We have unexpected conflict at work or just driving to work. Yeah, I had one the other day. It's exciting. Busy with kids being needed to drive kids around to sport. We've got to do shopping, travelling. Oh, we've got to do the washing. Oh, I forgot to do this thing for work. I had to do that. We're sweating on a deal going through. We're sweating on a huge threat to our, our uh, business or our safety. We're sweating on some feedback from a doctor. We're feeling uncertain about the future. You know, by the way, I just want to slip this thing in here. Look at this verse, Genesis 8.22. Genesis 8.22. Love this verse. As long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. The world is not going to get hotter and hotter and hotter and hotter and, then, and, and have no more cold. There will be cold. There will be heat. There will be cold. There will be seasons. So all these people are peeking out, panicking about climate change, God says, that's, that's fine. Leave it with me. I've got it. I've got it. All the King Canutes who want to hold back the tide and uh, change everything, God says, I've got it. Don't worry. But we worry. Parents and relatives are seriously ill or approaching death. We worry. Plane flight is suddenly cancelled. There's a traffic jam. Just a normal day is, is messy enough. Yesterday, we've got all our kids at home at the moment for the long weekend and there's grandchildren there and we're trying to have a conversation, getting ready to play a game and every, it's like 30 seconds, the 18-month-year-old just screams at the top of his lungs. He's very happy. He's fine. He just wanted another piece of chicken, please. Aren't you glad I didn't do that into the microphone? Well, he's like he had a microphone and we were giving, he turned him up on full. Now, he was driving us nuts. And every time he, every single time he did that, the, his older brother would, go, would burst into tears. Oh, it's hurting my ears. And then we thought, well, you're hurting our ears. Anyway, just normal life is messy. But, you know, mess is not always a bad thing. If you, if you have a super clean desk at work and I was your boss, I'd be wondering, what are you doing? I want to see a bit of something going on. There's got to be cleaned up possibly at the end of the day. But during the day, there should be something happening at some point. A messy kitchen is a really good thing because food is being cooked. And that's great. Trust God in the mess. Look at Proverbs 14.4. The only clean stable is an empty stable. So if you want the work of an ox and to enjoy an abundant harvest, you'll have a mess or two to clean up. You know, this scripture directly links mess with harvest. 
So when you're going through a messy time, you think, well, my harvest is coming. There's something going on. Because mess is not such, not always a bad thing. This year we did a renovation after Melanie said she never wanted to do another re- renovation and live in the house at the time because she kept on coming out with plaster dust all over her. Uh, and me too, me too, but I didn't see myself as much as I saw her. So we, this year we had to squeeze around tradies' utes and climb over extension leads just to get into the house. And inside we had uh, all this loud, beautiful music that we'd never play blaring through the whole house, plus the, the banging and the crashing. Who's done a renovation? And isn't it just such a wonderful mess? And you're thinking, this is going to be great one day. And you just can hold on. And that's the same sort of flow that we have to have with our life sometimes. I'm just going to hold on. God's going to work this out somehow. It's going to be fine. You know, God is an expert with mess. He loves mess. He called his son the mess ayah. Oh! Didn't see that coming, did you? Oh! I am the messenger. Oh! God loves a mess. He, it says in the very first book of the Bible, second verse, the earth was formless and void and darkness was over the sur- surface of the deep. The Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. And that word formless means waste, worthless and confusion. Where was the Holy Spirit? Right in the midst of it. Where is the Holy Spirit in the, when we're going through mess? Right in the midst of it. He loves mess. He says, come give it to me. I'm itching to bring some order out of this chaos. I can take this mess. Jesus, the Messiah, is the Mr. Squiggle of the spirit world. We just hand him a whole bunch of squiggles and he turns it into a masterpiece. That's what he's doing with your life and with my life right now. Let's just go through the mess of life and trust God. As soon as you walk out of church today, something messy will happen. I guarantee it. Our futures are messy starting from today, starting from this service. But we're going to trust God in the mess, aren't we? We're going to say, God, I love this mess. Somehow you're going to do something. It's going to be amazing. Holy Spirit, it's over to you. Turn this chaos into order. Bring the Messiah into this mess. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.au. We hope to see you in church again this weekend.